1: That's greenlight.com slash ACAST.
0: This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, Mm -hmm. you know that I'm Mm -hmm. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine sometimes i'll read a book to go to sleep sometimes mm-hmm. i'll when a bachelor uh that book keeps me very awake it's very engaging that never puts me to sleep mm. i will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen it's nice to get some time away from the screen i also will incorporate some rw Knutson organic just tart cherry juice it truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland.
2: Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains-like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl Mocktail trend on social media.
0: so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses.
1: Welcome to to the the Game game of of Roses. roses. This This is is the Game game of Roses. roses. Welcome to the Game game of roses. Roses.
2: Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues coming at you today, Thursday, April 20th. And by the time you're listening to this, you will have heard that first clip of Carly (laughs) Waddell's new single, Your Friends Like Me More. Her sixth song EP is dropping May 1st. Check it out.
2: I love your uh, 420 voice.
0: (laughs) It wasn't my 420 voice. It was my terrestrial radio host voice. We hope you enjoyed it.
2: Terrestrial? You mean like not alien?
0: When satellite radio came out, when Sirius and oh, XM God. were kind of like battling to be the the big boy on the block, there was terrestrial radio became a term, which was not satellite radio. Oh. Um, at any rate. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Carly Waddell is releasing a six song EP on May 1st. That clip we played up top here was just like a little snippet of her first single off of it. I'm curious to hear this. I got to say.
2: I love this. Join the pantheon of excellent musicians from the nation like Caitlin Bristow and Hot Touches creator, that guy from Listen to Your Heart.
0: <laughs> oh, my what was God. What's that guy's name? I don't even remember at this point either.
2: Michael Todd. Anyway.
0: Michael Todd. How could we forget? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to listen to this EP. Maybe I will do a listening uh, thing in Clues Corner as it drops again yeah. May first. Um, Very curious. I liked what I heard so far from old Carly Waldell.
2: You know, her limo exit was a standy song performance as well. Cruise ship yeah. singer. So she's been in the biz.
0: And speaking of being in the biz, we are in the biz of some biz. Right now, we have at GameofRoses.co a brand new mug available, Bad at Job. So go check that out. Uh, people I think are enjoying those. I'm going to have to get one, of course.
2: Give it to your coworker. Give it to your dog. Whoever you think is bad at their job.
0: Your dog?
2: I don't know. Your <laughs> dog is kind of like cute and funny to me.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree.
2: Like you have your dog eat like a puppuccino out of one of those mugs.
0: Oh, that would be very cute. Please send us videos of that. Yeah. Um. Also, check out our Patreon if you haven't already. We're doing a lot in the Patreon now.
2: Yeah. Opto 2023 slash year of the Patreon. Those are our goals that we're manifesting this year. And we've, I think we've done it. Clues putting out content. I don't even know how, but Clues is recording a Clues Corner while we're recording this podcast.
0: I didn't want to say this, but it's true. I've developed an artificial intelligence to essentially replicate me. It's
2: a multiplicity situation. It
0: is. It's a digital multiplicity. (laughs) That's what is happening now. Multiplicity 2023 Opto Multiplicity Digital 2023.
2: I would love to see a remake of Multiplicity where it's you.
0: (laughs) Set it up. Call the studios, let them know. But um, no, we have a lot of exciting stuff going on in our Patreon. And of course, we also have a lot of exciting stuff going on right here. Right now, you can send questions in the form of a one minute or shorter audio clip asking Pace Case or myself or both of us for life advice. This can be dating advice. This can be job advice. It could be familial advice. It could be advice on anything you want. You can send those questions to askgameofroses at gmail.com. We are going to be having another episode of advice coming up in the very near future. So we hope you will uh, send us your questions. I thought it was very fun, the episode that we did last week.
2: Part one was incredible. We got to do our first ever proposal. Congrats go out to Alice and her ring winner. I mean, we we gave a blessing at our Grove signing, and that was our first blessing we gave out. But a proposal, I mean, I felt like Ben Higgins to be a part of that <laughs> okay. moment, and it was the yeah. greatest feeling ever.
0: No, it was fantastic. We loved uh, being a part of that and giving out other advice like how to raise your child from infancy to be a bachelor player. That was a fun mm-hmm. one too. So we hope that yeah. we'll get some uh, some other good questions coming in for our next advice segment. But now let's move on to doing what we came here to do. This is this weekend Bachelor Nation. Maybe it's this weekend, The Nation. We don't know yet. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, we will start (laughs) this program as we start it every week with Game Game of of Roses. Roses. State State of the Game. game. All right. We all know the game's changing at breakneck pace right now. It's almost uh, changing as fast as AI is evolving technologically. Sorry, I had to get that in there again. Just thinking about it a lot. But...
2: Mm. Two to
0: five years fast? Way faster than that. We're talking two to five months.
2: When's the singularity?
0: (sighs) Two years, maybe three years. Two? Yeah.
2: 2025. Put it in your calendar. Put it in your calendar. You're going to have to
0: have the chip in the head. But we are not talking about any of that. We're talking about something else that is evolving. The state of reality television. Now, especially dating reality television. Different types of reality shows are produced in different ways. You have shows that are these kind of uh, docudramas like a Kardashians or a Vanderpump. They are produced slightly Lifestyle. differently. Lifestyle. Yeah. The producers don't really fuck with those players all that much because the players really control those shows. They'll like, you're not going to tell Chris Jenner, uh, hey, you have to go sleep on a fucking 15 bunk bed trailer with cockroaches. Crawling on the floor. That ain't happening.
2: Oh, I don't even think that show has producers. <laughs> they ju- I think they direct it themselves. Like Housewives, they'll set up like, okay, you have to go on this trip or here's where you all will talk about the blah.
0: And Housewives are like that as well. But they're not, like a, a component of those shows is not the purposeful destruction of a person's sanity in order to produce mm-hmm. a mental breakdown. Those shows are no. produced in that way.
2: They need them to come back for the next season.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they're the stars of the show, like continually throughout the season. It's not like Bachelor. It's not like Love is Blind, where there's a churn, where you need new players constantly feeding the machine. You also have other shows that are like uh, 90 Day Fiance, which is somewhere in between A Bachelor and a Kardashians, where it is based on some kind of a perceived real relationship between these people. The producers will dip in from time to time to facilitate certain fights or whatever, but it's not Mm -hmm. quite as manipulated as A Bachelor or Love is Blind. But now we're seeing... What is happening with Love is Blind after the fallout from season four, which is uh, recently concluded with this fucking huge debacle that Netflix couldn't actually pull off the live thing. And then once it airs, you have these players in the, the live reunion contradicting the edit, calling out producer manipulation in the show itself. Irina um, said when they asked her why she went to Mexico with Zach, she said, I didn't want to. I was convinced to go. She doesn't say by producers, but obviously that's what she means. That's in Mm -hmm. the reunion, left in the edit because they did it live. So we're starting to see with Love is Blind.
2: I wanted to make a palapa of your corner, so I have Mm. not watched the reunion yet.
0: Okay, interesting. But
2: I'm spoiled by clues, so it's yeah.
0: I mean, they openly literally say the phrase, are you really going to believe the edit? They say that on camera in the fucking reunion. The players do.
2: What a fucking mistake this live reunion was on every level. I mean, I made this argument in our live that I just don't see the benefit of the live show. Mm -hmm. Andy Cohen does it best. You record him for nine hours. You put out three.
0: Yeah, exactly. Maybe more. (laughs) But this really is, in terms of the state of the game, this is Sauce Wars... At the height of the sauce wars. We've Mm -hmm. seen little battles here and there. Little shots fired from fence players. Every once in a while, there's a fucking full T player that will come out and just be like, fuck it, I'm burning this to the ground Mm -hmm. if I can. You see counter lawsuits from the Bachelor producers. But now we are in this new phase of the sauce wars where because of Love is Blind, because it's in season four, that show is in its infancy. Those producers don't yet know how to lock down their players. And it's not just what they're saying in the the reunion, there's fucking lawsuits. There's massive articles. I I just did a huge clues corner on this article that came out in Insider, which we're going to cover later in news today as well. But I in on uh, our Patreon, I read the whole article and go through it point by point. They are saying crazy shit about how the producers have manipulated them. They do not give a fuck. These Love is Blind players are wild as shit, and they ain't fucking taking uh, this manipulation anymore. And I think that,
2: well, they haven't sued anyone yet. Right. Love is blind. Yeah.
0: Not to my knowledge, but players have brought suits against them. Multiple at this point. And one of them seems like in my opinion, and again, we're going to get to this in news, but in my opinion, one of these players seems like he's trying to create a reality TV actors union, which is something we've talked about for a long time. And I think like what's happening with love is blind.
2: That should exist.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Should exist. Um, but I think there's something unique about what Love is Blind is doing to the, the structure of the sauce wars, generally speaking. With Bachelor, we many of the, the complaints that come up in this article, we've heard this over the span of 20 years from Bachelor players. Same kind of things. Horrible manipulation. They keep you up all night. They're not paying you enough. I mean, in Bachelor, they don't pay you anything. There's a complaint in this article. They
2: don't pay us. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Bachelor gets zero. At least in Love is Blind, they get something. But The idea is, at least in my mind, Bachelor has done, those producers have done a good job of being able to tamp down what these players can say because the show started back in the early era of reality TV 2.0 in the early 2000s. Those players weren't savvy enough about like media culture to understand that they could out these producers and they didn't have the tool of social media back then. They didn't have an Instagram or a TikTok that they could immediately contradict and edit or do whatever Now with Love is Blind,
2: you don't have the fostered community that you get after a Bachelor in Paradise where everybody can theoretically be together, meeting up, talking about this stuff. Right. Unionizing.
0: Yeah, but Love is Blind was born in the era of social media. There has not been a season of it that didn't exist without Instagram. So these players are way more savvy about getting their story out and they just, again, seem to not give a fuck about legal consequence (laughs) if there even is that in their contract. And I think that attitude is going to start bleeding into Bachelor and all these other reality shows. It really, to me, feels like in terms of state of the game and Sauce Wars, the direction we are headed is maximum accountability on the behalf of these uh, producers. Now, I don't, I mean, there's no legal accountability because the Love is Blind contract, I'm sure, is as ironclad, give up your fucking uh, civil rights just as much as The Bachelor. But it's now the court of public opinion. I think the fourth audience with Bachelor, the the little pops of tea in those sauce wars over the past 20 years, don't mm-hmm. really reach mainstream media. They are, if you're like right. deep in the pit or you're in the fucking forums, you might know about this shit.
2: They reach the pit basically
0: <laughs> and so it takes a level of engagement with that fandom that is higher than average to even know about these things love is blind is not like that this is national fucking news now because the show was so big because mm-hmm. netflix netflix dropped the ball so fucking hard in that live reunion Everybody's pissed at the show. They want fucking vengeance. They want blood. Everybody hates Dark Lord Vanessa Lichet now because of it. And this article is coming out that says kinetic content. The production company of Love is Blind is now directly in the fucking crosshairs as an entity that we should be angry at for all these fucking malicious producer practices. I, I think some real shit is happening here in terms of how we perceive these reality TV shows.
2: Yeah, the soft wars are escalating. They're going international.
0: <laughs> At least, yeah. What
2: what the Bachelor couldn't achieve in the sauce wars, maybe Love is Blind will.
0: I truly think it will. I, I think we're on the verge of seeing some of these players really stepping forward and just being like, look, here's exactly what they did. You, you can feel that Bachelor players want to do this when they go on podcasts, mm-hmm. but they're afraid. For whatever reason, these Love is Blind players, they are not afraid.
2: Even Rachel Lindsay will like hide it behind uh, fake characters in her
0: book. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I don't know exactly what it's about necessarily, but it's like, there's so much weight of The Bachelor that comes with that experience. You go into The Bachelor, you know you're standing under 23 years of people being shut the fuck up and silenced and sent cease and desist and lawsuits and all this shit. Yeah, and that's like right. a heavy fucking thing. You're going up against a gigantic brick wall. Love is Blind is still relatively new. And again, it's being positioned as though these things are revelations about Love is Blind specifically, but they're not really because these producing practices have been in place with Bachelor and many other reality shows for 20 years. They're not saying anything new, but it's the way the information is being presented and it feels new because Love is Blind is a little new. And I just think yeah. it's going to have an effect that none of the people blowing the whistle on The Bachelor ever were able to achieve.
2: I mean, <laughs> the people blowing the whistle don't have the type of platform that the people above is blind have at this point. So it's like they yeah. are the most important figureheads to get behind this. Even if Gabrielle Nikki comes out against The Bachelor, she doesn't have as much of a following as any of any of these top love is blind players.
0: Yeah. And we're going to get to that in gains, uh, which is coming right up.
2: It won't mean the same thing.
0: (laughs) I agree. That's another like interesting part of this is there's now no question. Love is blind is a more culturally relevant show than the bachelor period. It, that is over now. There's no argument.
2: I want to see that contract because it's so hard for me to imagine that they don't use exactly the same template as you would for the bachelor in terms of speaking up about producing practices
0: well i mean you can when you watch the reunion you'll see there are moments like that moment where Irina Solomonova is trying to say essentially the producers coerced me into going to mexico even though i didn't want to she dances around it she never says the word producers so you Mm -hmm. can almost feel that the producers have coached them all into saying don't refer to the producers don't say it's us But still, she says it without saying it, that she's like, well, I was convinced to go to Mexico. Convinced? By fucking who? The producers, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) At any rate, this is where we believe the state of the game is. At least it's where I believe the state of the game is. I think we are on the precipice of massive change in terms of accountability by these production companies. But maybe not. Maybe it's just my fucking feeling. But God damn it, it feels like shit is changing.
2: Hot Top of 2023. I'll go with you on this. (laughs) I'll go with your optimism.
0: I mean, like I said, we'll get to some more uh, of the details of this in news and probably have something to, to say there. But we just wanted to address up top here in State of the Game that like this Love is Blind season is massively significant, I think, in terms of what players are going to be able to say and what producers might not be able to do moving forward. There might start to be some things put in place that are very union like agreements where uh, studios are like, OK, we will now have to pay you to be on these shows or the the production companies or whoever.
2: I mean, the fact that they're not even paying them, you know, what they pay on Bachelor in Paradise is insane to me. Like the fact that at least Love is Blind is, is paying the people something to go on, even though obviously yeah. it's it's not enough. Um this is out. I can't wait to watch the reunion now. I'm going to have so many different lenses going on. Uh, I don't want to see DLVL asking about babies, though. That to me is just like...
0: You have to. You have to see so that. So
2: cringe. 1950s DLVL? What you doing?
0: That's the whole success in any of these shows is marriage and children. It is still that. I don't think that ever changes, but I was going to liken this to what is happening in Major League Baseball right now, um, or I should say, Minor League Baseball right now, which is a the feeder leagues into Major League Baseball. Those players traditionally in the bottom tier minor leagues, like Triple A or Double A, sorry, uh, it's Single A, Double AA, A, Triple A. Single A is like the lowest bottom barrel, and below that is semi-pro. Those players didn't make any money, or if they did, it was like a thousand dollars for a season. They have gotten all these rates elevated because they're like, how the fuck are we supposed to be chasing this goal if we're literally doing the work, playing on this team every day during the baseball season and not getting paid any money? So all those numbers have come up a little bit so that if you're playing in AAA baseball, you can actually make like a semi-livable wage. At any rate, uh just another professional sport that was trying to drastically fuck over the people who make the sport work.
2: Well, they also got rid of all those pitching things, which is crazy.
0: Huh? What pitching things? What are you talking about?
2: You said they like lowered the they made a pitch clock, so now it's
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They reduced the time of games and stuff and also in minor league baseball, they're now using an automatic ball and strike counter, so the guy, the umpire behind the plate who calls balls and strikes is replaced by a robot.
2: They took your jobs.
0: Yep, they're taking the jobs. But that's where we stand with the state of the game. And, uh, of course, we're going to be keeping a very close eye on what is happening in the following weeks after all this Netflix debacle and if any other players are going to come out to offer their tea in the sauce wars.
2: We have some uh, Gore Girl summer interview slots open. Indeed. For anyone on Love is Blind who wants to come on.
0: Yes, indeed we do. And now let's move on to discussing all of those movements across social media uh, of our favorite players from the bachelor and love is blind this is
2: this week in games.
0: all right let's talk about a little bit here what is going on in the world of instagram games we want to talk about the top five bachelor players from this past season and we're going to get into love is blind after that and show you a very stark difference Um, so let's begin (laughs) in what direction (laughs) if we will. Well, I think, you know, the direction because a lot has been made of the fact that like bachelor players are not getting the numbers they used to. And a lot of people think that that's just Instagram generally is getting gobbled up by TikTok. People are losing interest in it, an aging millennial population that no longer can uh, maintain the same engagement as they're getting married and having families and spending as much time on Instagram is just not something they can do anymore. I think there is now evidence to the contrary.
2: So raw gains this week. The largest one we saw is Katie Bigger, 5k. Every other gain is sub 5k. So essentially, we are frozen in the off season.
0: This is of There's- season 27 Bachelor. These are the yes. we're talking about now. The season 27 Bachelor players. Katie Bigger was the ring winner. Um, yeah, 5k was her gain this week. Everybody else under it.
2: I mean, it's a freeze. You expect yeah. that. The show is not in the news and everyone is going to just slowly start trickling down unless you're on Dancing with the Stars, unless you're on Bachelor in Paradise or unless you're Charity, who will probably be frozen until her season is gearing up. Uh, It's not good clues. Let's just say that. (laughs) The top five total numbers are not better news than that.
0: No, I mean, we have them right here. It's it's Katie Bigger at 286K, Gabby Elnicki, 229, Zach himself, 208, Ariel, 156, Christina Mandrell, 139, and uh, Victoria Jameson, who was gone in week two of that season at 126.
2: Mandrell was gone in week three. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: it's unreal. And again, I think this is because The Bachelor so strongly vilifies even the utterance of the word Instagram. They make it seem like this is the most evil thing you can do. And as a result, most of the audience sees it that way too now, which is, it is very bad. It is counter to what you want to be doing with a show. You want your audience to be engaged with the people on your show 24 hours a day. You don't want them to disengage with your show.
2: I don't know, Clues. Maybe you want them to just not follow them and go back to living their lives and not talking about (laughs) your
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, it seems like that with Bachelor. (laughs) Um, But now, so again, take these numbers. We've got 286K down to 126K. That's the range of Bachelor top five from the most recent season. Now let's take a look at Love is Blind. Okay, again, we all know the reunion just aired this past weekend uh, (laughs) to whatever uh, success or failure you want to kind of attribute to it. Nonetheless, the biggest gain from this last week was Tiffany Pennywell. She is also first on the charts now. She has 485,000 followers. She gained 334K in one week. Her gain is more than any total number from any one of the Bachelor season. Her one-week gain, again, I will say, is bigger than anyone from Bachelor season 27's entire season accrual. That alone...
2: Makes her MVP of the season.
0: Certainly makes her MVP of of that season, but it also tells you that it's not about lack of interest in Instagram. It's lack of interest in your show. Bachelor is doing it wrong. Love is Blind is doing it right. And then Mm -hmm. if we just continue down the list here, uh, these are not quite in order. We'll tell you where they they line up though. In third place with third biggest gain and third place is Brett Brown, Tiffany's uh, now husband. He has 459,000 followers. He gained 293 K <laughs> this past week. Also more than any total from bachelor you've got Incredible. in uh second place. Overall with the fourth biggest gain was Marshall glaze. He is at 464 K he gained 256 K this week. Then you've got just for comparison, Justin glaze. He got 4k <laughs> this week. He's up to 144
2: K. Hey, he's getting those runoff gains. Love that.
0: Yeah. Um, in fourth place overall, but with the second biggest gain was Bliss Zadi. She now has 427K. She gained 320 this week. Incredible. Absolutely staggering.
2: Should have been a forgotten. She has 427K now. She can quit her job, whatever it is.
0: I forget. what Was she an engineer or something? I forget what she was. Some kind of scientist.
2: So they're together, I assume, by this gain?
0: Yeah, they're married. Oh, you didn't see the reunion. Chelsea and Kwame are still together. Zach and Bliss are still together. Obviously, the Browns are still together. And uh, that's it. So
2: no one broke up between the wedding and the reunion.
0: Yeah. And Jackie, Jacqueline Bonds, is still with Josh as well.
2: <laughs> that might be the most shocking news. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jacqueline Bonds is up 70.6K this week to 138K.
0: That's astounding. She broke hundred like thousand. She's a villain. Chelsea Griffin is at 335k, up 240k this week. Kwame is at 267k, up 203k.
2: Damn, so the reunion is really where people are getting their numbers. Huge gains.
0: Uh, Zach Goytowski, for example, is now at 369k. He gained 285.5k this week. And then we have bringing up the rear. We've got Michael Lussier.
2: The facial hair play worked.
0: But he also like kind of, defended paul and i think in the narrative that dark lord vanessa lachey was attacking paul he gets a little <laughs> bit of a hero bro edit dynamic duo kind of mm. thing going on there um
2: he was doing good stcos all season
0: yeah he he really was uh and the fact that the the woman that he chose to begin with Irina Solomonova. Was just like panned out to be the biggest piece of shit villain the world has ever known. Mm, I think victimization. that he, he yeah, he had a little bit of victimization play in there as well. Uh, Irina, by the way, has 83.7 K, she gained 41.4 41.1 K for this past week. And then Micah Lucier is at 241 K, up 149.9 K this week. And Paul Padon is at 235 K, up 158.6 K. So again. You look at these numbers when compared to the Bachelor. The top players from this season are all in the four hundred plus K club. They have virtually doubled everyone from the Bachelor, and even mm-hmm. the people bringing up the rear in this. You want to talk about like Micah Lucier and Paul Payton? They are not a couple. They are both two hundred forty-one K and two hundred thirty-five K. They are beating everybody except Katie Bigger from this current season of Bachelor. That's insane.
2: So it's the four TRR couples. It's the couples who break up. It's even the villains who are getting these numbers.
0: Yeah, really. Irina and and Jacqueline Bonds are the only ones who kind of washed out. And I would say Jacqueline at 138K has enough to be an influencer for a little while. I would even say Irina could probably get some fucking sponsorship deals out of this. And yeah, she was barely on screen. She's
2: probably going to get like 20 more k. She might get in the 100K club.
0: I don't know when this stops because some of these players for sure... Marshall Glaze is going to go on fucking sand. Bet your ass. That guy's going to have a million Instagram followers. I mean, it just shows you that they're doing a better job of creating fan engagement with their players. Bachelor doesn't do that. It does the opposite. It discourages engagement from the fourth audience, Mm -hmm. which is obviously a fucking mistake. That then makes you want to watch the show less and it makes your ratings go down. And it makes Love is Blind is like, well, let's step in and just fucking swoop this up. Again, it is the more relevant show now, period.
2: And it's to no one's gain. Like, what is the point of villainizing What's-Her-Face-Who-Wanted-50K, Anastasia?
0: Because the producers don't like social media. They see it as a threat to their job. Yeah, it's just like a, it's just yes. a petty. It's petty, and it's stupid. It's fearful. It's
2: And they see themselves as like better than the player's. Is that what it is versus like?
0: Yes. Yes. That they get to control them and manipulate them. At least that's my two cents.
2: I don't get it. Yeah. I'm worried for the ratings for charity season and the gains. I, it's probably going to be in the toilet. Those numbers. I,
0: I, I sincerely think we're going to see a season maybe where no one cracks a hundred thousand, none of the players, unless they come in with it. This show is sponsored by better help. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months, so that you get all those things done that you wanna get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good, it's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com/slash GameOfRoses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. dot com slash GameOfRoses. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is Face, Eye, Body Shield and it can all be used with any of their other products which are free from over 1500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the SkinSafe seal of approval.
2: You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off, oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues, Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, Because it's spring, I'm ready to get out there, I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long-sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue-green. And they're both so comfortable
0: Again, that's Skims. Um, At any rate, that's where we stand with the gains this week. Let's move on now to talk about all those luscious tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News we're going into the larger nation beyond the bachelor nation to deliver some love is blind news. After former cast members of love is blind entered the sauce wars with claims. They were put through emotional warfare by the producers, kinetic content, the uh, company that makes love is blind responded by saying in quotes, the well-being of our participants is of paramount importance to kinetic. We have rigorous protocols in place to care for each person before, during, and after filming. Uh, I mean, before we continue with this news story, that's a lie. Just a, a straight lie. Earlier on Tuesday, Business <laughs> Insider published a report on the Netflix dating series that featured multiple contestants claiming they were mistreated while participating in the streaming hit. There is uh, currently a Clues corner on our Patreon where I go, again, in-depth into the article and break it down paragraph by paragraph.
2: Season 2 star Danielle Rule claimed that she was not allowed to attend an event being held for all the couples because there was a chance she contracted COVID-19. After she began to have a panic attack, she allegedly hid in the closet to avoid cameras and told producers she didn't feel mentally stable enough to stay on the show. The report also claimed that during the show's first season, which aired in February 2020 and filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, Contestants were forced to sleep in drab trailers crammed with bunk beds during the 10 days dating in the pods. All 15 women allegedly stayed in one single-room trailer with the 15 men in another.
0: Danielle Druin, who appeared on the debut season, claimed that the groups also didn't have enough access to food or water. In quote, "...the sleep deprivation was real. I feel like they do it on purpose because they're trying to break you. They want you on your edge." The article also revealed that Love is Blind contracts stipulate that-
2: Edgelords.
0: (laughs) Yeah, psychological edgelords. (laughs) Um, The article also revealed that Love is Blind contracts stipulate that the cast is required to pay $50,000 in damages to Kinetic content if they exit the show prematurely without producer approval. The report also claims that engaged couples are obligated to show up to their wedding even if they don't intend to say, I do.
2: Business Insider's story comes less than a year after season two contestant Jeremy Hartwell- filed a lawsuit against Netflix and the producers, making a series of allegations about how the show treated cast members, which included Druin's claims that the group was deprived of certain necessities. Hartwell's lawsuit serves as a proposed class action on behalf of all participants in Love is Blind and other non-scripted productions created by Kinetic Content from 2018 to 2022, per the Chicago Natives' legal team. Kinetic content denied there was any truth to Hartwell's allegations.
0: Very interesting stuff here. Now, we've seen uh, players tried to sue The Bachelor for various reasons, discrimination, all kinds of other stuff. Mm-hmm. It never sticks because of the contract that players sign with the show, which, again, in Bachelor's case, literally says you give up your civil rights. We all know it's that.
2: The same protocol, You know what you signed up right.
0: for and i can only assume kinetic content has a very similar type contract that is ironclad we can do whatever the fuck we want to you cut it however we want make mm-hmm. you look however we want and you're fucked but uh, <laughs> this is all coming out again this is this is what we were talking about up top
2: that's just what the clause says and you're fucked at the
0: end <laughs> it's just one piece of paper you're fucked sign circle yes <laughs> or no uh, <laughs>
1: yes
0: <laughs> i mean that is essentially what it is but all this shit's coming out there are lawsuits there are articles Again, uh, curious to see where this all goes, but it seems like it is (laughs) going right in the direction of turning the corner in terms of allowing these production companies to do these draconian practices.
2: Seems pretty easy to prove whether they were in a one-person trailer or not. You just ask the other people.
0: Well, after she made the complaint, the further story is they then put them up in a nearby hotel, which makes you realize, oh, this had nothing to do with budget. They literally were doing this on purpose to, as this player said, break them.
2: Wowie. Speaking of big news, next up in the nation, some more Netflix news. Perfect Match has officially been renewed for season two. Yes. And Nick Lachey will be the official host. There is no word yet on a premiere date or on a cast roster for Netflix's better version of Bachelor in Paradise, but Marshall Glaze from season four of Love is Blind is an odds on favorite for
0: First Sand. In addition to a new season of Perfect Match, Netflix has a deep roster of new reality shows about to hit their streaming network. The ultimatum Queer Love is set to premiere in a few months. Indian Matchmaking is set to return on April 21st with a brand new season and a spinoff Jewish matchmaking is slated for a May 3rd premiere. And season five of Love is Blind is also Waiting in the Wings.
2: I love all those shows. Can't wait. With so many strong shows in their reality arsenal, Netflix has assumed the dominant role as the biggest reality company in the game. Hopefully, they will be able to figure out their technical issues to avoid another Love is Blind season four reunion disaster.
0: Yep, no question. This is it. They're they're really the only game in town with all this stuff. And uh it's very interesting to watch the dominance just get fucking sucked up. I really do feel like it used to be Bachelor. It used to be ABC. That's over. As love is blind cast members
2: they had they had they had it.
0: They did. they did for a long time. 20 years. maybe they could get it back again. I don't know. I mean, right now is the time to strike. If they could do something in service of uh exacerbating all the fallout from all this Netflix shit, it's It's possible they could reclaim it. I don't know. we'll see it's It's interesting though. There's a game being played here, a little chess game of who can be the most successful reality dating kind of world right now It's Netflix uh moving on. <laughs> As Love is Blind cast members are sending shockwaves through the nation with their open battles against producers in the Sauce Wars, at least one Bachelor Nation player has been touched by the spirit of the tea as well. On a recent episode of the Almost Famous OG podcast, the first Bachelorette, Trista Sutter, fired some of her own tea directly into the Sauce Wars.
2: Sutter's tea was prompted by a visit from Bachelor Season 16 lead Ben Flannick, who revealed that he still has all the suits he wore during his time as crown. After Sutter heard that Flinick got to keep his wardrobe, she said, I had a connection to Saks. I ended up making a deal with Sax Fifth Avenue, Saks Fifth, Fifth Avenue, and went shopping. This was my own thing. Like it had nothing to do with producers. I get all the stuff, I'm all prepared, and halfway through, I'm going in my closet and I'm like, wait, where are my clothes? And the producers are like, we've been selling them, selling them. What?
0: Following. <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> they stole her shit. <laughs>
0: Yes, and then sold it for profit. <laughs> Following audible shock from co-host Bob Guinea and Flanick himself, Sutter claimed Bachelorette staff sold the items at these, in quotes, soap opera things where they sell things in LA, even though sh- she, in quotes, was the one who organized all this stuff. From this invaluable tea, we can now add criminal theft to the list of miseries producers have visited upon their players. And in this case, literally their first fucking Bachelorette. This is how they treated their first bachelorette they stole her clothes and fucking sold them unreal
2: <laughs> oh yeah we sold them I'm just like <laughs> I would quit I'd be like okay pay me the money but I mean ben.
0: this is kind of what I was talking about also in terms of um, you know willingness of people to talk she's been sitting on the secret for fucking 22 years she's just saying it now
2: she was waiting for a fuck <laughs>
0: Yeah, she's like one day.
2: She's waiting for sweeps week for a fuck. <laughs>
0: one day, me and Ginn Gengar and I have a podcast, and that's when I'll put all this stuff out. Um, anyway, I just find it interesting again that it's like it might take a while, but it seems like players are are getting a little looser with talking about the shit these producers have done to them. Yeah,
2: did anyone else have things stolen from them?
0: Probably. I don't know. Let us know. Maybe that's what. Uh, The great one meant when he said, you took things from me. My wardrobe.
2: Ooh, my belts. Yeah. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, what is being called a new study has emerged, apparently conducted by online-gambling.com that analyzed each Bachelor from every season by using the golden ratio theory. This sounds like eugenics. To determine who is the (laughs) most attractive Bachelor. Oh,
0: the golden ratio is like... Your head is like perfectly circular or whatever. It's like the proportions of where your eyes and nose and mouth are on your mm-hmm. face and shit. It's not eugenics.
2: <laughs> what? It's the first step. <laughs> I Each don't know. Bachelor's about that. portrait was <laughs> okay. processed by a golden ratio app and given a score out of 10. Here are your top 10 most attractive bachelors according to this study. Number 10, receiver of the Ben Higgins edit, Ben Higgins.
0: Number nine. Bachelor, season 25 Bachelor, and your first Black Bachelor, Matt James, at a 6.6.
2: Number eight, the person who clues would sell his soul to get an interview with, the lost one, (laughs) the ghost, Alex (laughs) Michelle, 6.84.
0: Number seven, the real millionaire, Andrew Firestone. That was your season three Bachelor with a 6.89.
2: Courtney Robertson's ring winner, Ben Flanick. Season 16, Bachelor, 7.04 in sixth place.
0: In fifth place, you've got that kissing bandit. The King of Arizona, (laughs) Ari Lyandai Jr. with a 7.1. In
2: fourth place, package deal, villain edit recipient, Juan Pablo Galvez, 7.11. Season 18's Bachelor in fourth.
0: In third place, you've got the true season six, Bachelor, who beat out Jay Overby through a fair vote by all the players to become the bachelor byron velvick at a 7.23 also the man who received the first huju in the history of the game from of course mary delgado one of the greatest players that ever lived in her hometown tampa florida it was on a softball field Minutia alarm
2: (laughs) number two one of the forgotten bachelors Andy Baldwin, 7.32, Season 10 Bachelor.
0: And your number one most attractive bachelor in franchise history, at least as determined by whatever this, in quote" study was. Eugenics. Brad Womack, the Season 11 and 15 Bachelor with an 8.54.
2: They did call him the hottest bachelor ever in the promos.
0: Well, the sexiest bachelor, they called him. He also has a twin brother named Chad. You tell me.
2: You tell me. I'm asking you. I don't think there is.
0: I'm just saying that's, I don't want to get their words wrong. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> but anyway, I, we found this very fucking funny that this popped up in the Bachelor News world this, <laughs> this week. It's also like.
2: Yeah. Who's sponsoring this study?
0: <laughs> it's also crazy that like, other than Matt James, none of these people are from like the last five years of the show. That's also funny to me, you know? If this golden ratio thing can be trusted at all, it's like, what are they doing?
2: <laughs> the ancient Greek theory considers the width and height dimensions of a person's face to determine the perfect structure.
0: Nothing about eugenics. Hmm. All right, moving on. Finally, Imagination News, as a proud member of the Los Angeles Icons, uh, me and Pace Case must sadly wish the beast adieu. Hannah Brown. The undisputed Instagram champion of our beloved game has been traded to the Nashville Sliders. The recipient of Jesus's post love has moved with her boyfriend, Adam Willard, to the great city of Nashville, Tennessee, to join all-stars like Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tardick for this new phase of her parasocial career. We wish her luck, and we hope she knows that she will be missed sorely by all of the icons left to hold down the city of angels.
2: Huge loss for us in L.A. I'm going to... Huge. Lower my LA icons flag to half mast.
0: Well, I gotta say though, I think we're gonna be getting Marshall Glaze soon. <laughs> I think that's happening. I can't, I just can't see him not doing it. You know what I mean? He's got the opportunity to come out here and fucking roll the dice right now.
2: Yeah, he doesn't have to stay there now. Kwame has to live in Seattle
0: forever. <laughs> I know.
2: It's like a poor Kwame. All those
0: people, they're all fucking trapped there now forever. But, um,
2: I mean, they can move as a couple. Mm,
0: yeah, you can.
2: Don't you think one of those couples will move to L.A.? I,
0: I would, if I was them, I would do it immediately right now. I'd quit my fucking job, throw all my shit in a truck, come to L.A., and make it happen.
2: Micah, we're going to get Micah, Defo. I would bet we get Kwame and Chelsea.
0: You know who we're going to get? I don't Ooh. know if it's good or bad. Irina. I don't know if that's good or bad, but she's going to be an <laughs> L.A. icon. I feel
2: like we probably already have her. Yeah. I feel like she probably never <laughs> even lived in Seattle. <laughs> She feels like one of us. <laughs> that's totally
0: true. <laughs> she, she was an LA icon, at least in her, her core, in her heart. Uh, okay, that's all the yeah. news we got this week for you. Now, you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, You're gonna have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes, so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are gonna last you longer upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses.
2: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at (laughs) Byheart.com.
0: Now we're going to start talking about those plays that some of our favorite players are making off the field and on their telephones. This is...
2: The parasocial play, 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 play of the week.
0: The Ultimate Viking Clay Neckard posted a picture of his night one speech that he wrote down and kept. The caption says, found this throwback. This was my rough draft of the night one speech I gave to the women when I was the bachelor. I wanted to perfect the speech, but ended up getting nervous and spilling my drink halfway through. Going through the archives of any notes from any game is a great way to get back in the headlines and add texture to your season. I loved seeing this. It's a uh, just a, a still image of this kind of like tattered spiral notebook that looks like something you might have carried around with you in junior high. There's shit crossed it's out. It's so... Oh, God. It's just beautiful. It's like such a historic document. It should be in... The some museum. I'm not sure what, Smithsonian maybe? I would put it there.
2: There, (laughs) I think they should have a copy in every museum, to be honest. There's underlines in here, which I imagine are like, these are the emphasis. I've never seen so many beautiful women in one room. Yeah,
0: traditional way.
2: This is how he scripted (laughs) his other lines, like, let's go!
0: One of the things that's underlined like multiple times is, everything happens for a reason.
1: (laughs) I'm in love and I feel so good.
2: <laughs> He's the intonation Viking king.
0: Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it.
2: This also, like, whenever I see handwritten shit, I immediately flash back to the uh, Raven Gates Instagram stories. Yes. Was it Raven or was it the other
0: one? No, it was Raven who was trading her handwritten notes about yes. player alle- allegiances and alliances so that she could get more sleep.
2: Oh, yeah, with Corinne.
0: Yeah. Incredible.
2: Up next, in Parasocial Plays, a reader makes headlines once again. El Elnicki showed her POV at walking into Bachelor Mansion and seeing Ariel Frankel for the first time in a hilarious TikTok in which she lip syncs to the sound, Oh, wow, you're actually, your tits are huge, but you're super smart. Cutting to a quick shot of Frankel. <laughs> The caption reads, brought this live footage of meeting Arielle out of the archives for you all. Hashtag The Bachelor. Hashtag Bachelor Nation. Hashtag FYP. The video has 16.2K likes and 136.9K views.
0: Hilarious play. Marshall Glaze also posted a TikTok this week of himself and cousin Justin Glaze, in quotes, getting up to represent the family. The caption says, In our family, we have a legacy, the Brown legacy. Although our surname is Glaze, we come from a foundation and long line of Browns who have represented well throughout history up and down the East Coast. Justin and I grew up like brothers. And although we may be slightly different on the exterior, we are identical at our core. Hashtag family. The TikTok has 85.9K likes and 942.3K views.
2: That's more than the whole CW
0: slate. That is true.
2: In a personal essay for the Today Show, Rachel Rachel Recchia opened up about the journey that led to her breast reduction. Quote, one day I had a flat chest, then I woke up and my boobs were bigger than everyone else's. The word that I can use to describe having large breasts for me is uncomfortable. From the start, I could tell my triple D's weren't fitting my frame or lifestyle and it never got better. The morning of the surgery, I was totally calm, ready. I had waited years for this. And the moment I opened my eyes and got off the table, I knew my life had changed for the better. My body felt different, lighter, for the first time in over a decade. I didn't have back pain, and I haven't since. She follows Claire Crawley of the Crowns, who have made this medical decision and openly discussed it with their parasocial audiences. We love to see players improving their lives and opening up about a somewhat taboo topic that could inspire others.
0: These are all great plays. But there can be only one winner, and that winner is two players this week. We're talking <laughs> about that Glaze, aka Brown, family dominance. The Glaze guys are parasocially prepared. A few hours after the failed Loves is Blind uh, live reunion, Justin and Marshall Glaze posted a joint three-slide Instagram post. The post features a current picture of the two, plus two from when they were children. The caption reads... People will come and go in your life. Some will love you, some will test you, some will leave you, and some will bless you. Be patient. Everything happens for a reason. We know that from uh, Ultimate Viking, underlining it five times in his thing. But family (laughs) is forever. The first picture is them stunning as adults. Then the nostalgia of the childhood photos. It's absolutely astounding. They are parasocial kings, and we cannot wait to see what else they come up with as Justin Glaze touches sand Once more, and Marshall Glaze dominates Perfect Match and perhaps joins that sacred one million club. This post has 148.7K likes, 1.7K comments. Hashtag Glaze guys. This shit's fucking amazing. The two games coming together as one, one family dominating both sports. I agree with you, Pace Case. I think we're going to see Justin Glaze on sand again. And yes, Mm. we are going to see Marshall Glaze on his own version of sand in Perfect Match
2: both coaching the other one, both helping each other climb up this parasocial mountain together. We're seeing Glaze get, or we're seeing Justin Glaze get gains during Marshall Glaze's season. I love this. I can see Marshall doing the same support for him during his bachelor in paradise season being yes. like hashtag team Glaze, hashtag Glaze guys, hashtag Glaze family dominance, etc.
0: They should open right now, either a, uh, a food truck that sells donuts, or they should open up a pottery shop. One of the two.
2: Sweets or pottery? Get on it.
0: Those are all the, the humans that were making these parasocial plays. There was a, a very special creature this week that made a parasocial play. It's a visual. Becca Martinez is the Snow White of possums as she encounters her second possum this month. What
2: the fuck? This is a, this is a fucking troll again. <laughs> Trolling me with these creatures.
0: What? How's it a troll? This
2: is Dark Secret trolling me. Oh,
0: you don't like possums. I always forget that. Well, uh, Martinez likes possums, or maybe they like her, because she showed off her possum whispering skills in an Instagram story that featured a sleepy possum taking a nap in a backyard structure. Congrats to the possum and to Martinez on her unrivaled ability to attract wild creatures into her backyard. Absolutely stunning.
2: I think we should look at the votes for this. I don't know if this was the true winner. I demand a recount.
0: <laughs> Look at the hashtag votes just like they did with the uh, America's Fimp. And that is it for all the parasocial plays. Uh, Now we're going to move on to that portion of our program in which Pace Case and I jump off the edge of the pit, which at this point is getting bigger and bigger, devouring more and more things. It's not just The Bachelor anymore. Now we're in a love is blind pit. I have a feeling we're going to be in an Indian matchmaker pit coming up soon. I have a feeling all of these things are going to be in the pit and our screams are going to become even more unhinged. This is... Scream from, from the, pit.
2: the pit. Well, here's my scream. I am joining a new pit, the puppy pit. Oh, we're getting a puppy.
0: You getting a creature?
2: <laughs> getting a creature. And I know I've teased getting a creature for some years now.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I think it's finally happening. And trying to come up with some names and. Obviously, it was so hard to avoid putting some bachelor ones in there. Of course, this is my scream. I, I was like Goldini. That's like, oh god, my okay god, dog name.
0: That's a fucking great dog name. <laughs> and then eventually, you're gonna meet Sean Lowe. And you're gonna be like, I named my uh, dog after you, and he'll be like, Oh, you named your dog Sean, and you'll be like, No, Goldini. <laughs> he's like, what? what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs>
2: I mean, God, that's the dream, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I named my dog Source Boy after you.
2: Source Boy. That's a funny one. Well, yeah, you know, I was I was coming, I was going through my list and there were, you know, some usual dog names, you know, Chewy, Rolo, Benji, like Adrian's dog, Casper, mm-hmm. Luca Tony, my favorite soccer player, Larry. I think that mm. would be funny.
0: Your favorite stooge. <laughs>
2: But I can't help coming up with the Bachelor ones. And in fact, <laughs> Clues came up with a really good one right before we recorded this. Who <laughs> do? <laughs>
0: Are you legit going to name your dog Hooju? I
2: don't know. I don't know. When you said it, <laughs> that's pretty cute. I don't know. It is cute. Who do?
0: Who you come here? Who would you? Who you want some food? Who you snuggle mommy? That's going to happen.
2: Okay. I've been traumatized now. It's not who to-
0: <laughs> Sometimes you got to look. We all know this. As somebody who's now living with a, a cat creature of my own, mm-hmm. sometimes you want the snuggles and they don't want to provide. Unfortunately, that's their job.
2: Give you pain.
0: They're going to snuggle you one way or another.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus. Is that's that your my scream? scream. Yeah, no.
2: <laughs> Mr. Skabulian, are you okay? <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, believe me, he's doing just fine. Uh, he owns this entire establishment now. I am his loyal subject. That's true. <laughs> it's clear who's in charge. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there is no question in anyone's mind at this point about that. But uh, no, I think it's a great scream. I love that name, Hooju, or any of the other names that, that you threw out. Goldini is funny mm-hmm. too, to me.
2: It's a lot of pressure naming a creature.
0: I know. But also I feel like once you have the creature in your life and you gaze upon the creature, the creature will most likely non-verbally, but potentially if it's a very special creature, but usually non-verbally, I feel like the creature will convey their name to you. You're just a recipient of that information. Anyways, uh, let me get my scream out now. My scream involves this. Uh, Every once in a while, still this happens to me and it's staggering when it does. Every once in a while, I will have a very close friend in my life that has no understanding of what reality TV is. And I'm like, how is this fucking possible? You're friends with me. I know I've told you a million times that none of this shit is real.
2: Does it feel like they're not listening to you? No,
0: it's just that they got hooked by it. The, the producers fucking got them. And it really opens my eyes to the fact that like, oh yeah, a lot of people still think this shit is real. So I'm at my friend's house, you know, this friend, it is our friend amy yeah and we start talking about the love is blind reunion she was hooked on this season watched the whole fucking thing and she starts essentially shit talking irena like as a bad person she's like i just don't she's an asshole i don't like her and i'm like that's not fucking real they uh, they you even watched the reunion where she said the producers coerced her into going to mexico it's all mm-hmm. in the edit and i had to like re-explain to my good friend that I've explained this to a million fucking times, <laughs> like, this shit's not real. You can't be mad at her. This is crazy. And it. I don't know what it did in my brain in terms of a scream from the pit. It's like, there's this thing in me where I guess I take for granted that most people, yeah. especially people... Like who are close to me, who know that I do this, who have to fucking put up with me talking about this shit constantly, (laughs) that they at least will understand none of this shit is real. But indeed, she did not. It was like the producing was that good.
2: I don't even... The producing is so good that I get tricked constantly. And you were always like, that's not real to me. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, none of it is. The way that they cut it out of order and shit... I know, but they're so good at it. Well, they're they found an Irina, kind of a perfect fall guy for the the whole season, really. You know, she fucked. She was in a love triangle here. She fucked that thing up. She fucked this thing up. And then when Zach comes out and is like, "You just came on the show to get famous," what? <laughs> Hashtag <Motherfucker>, FIP.
2: <laughs> delete your Instagram account. He's
0: fucking literally doing spotcon yeah. and shit.
2: Absurd. They're already doing con. in well. the fucking
0: uh, reunion. He was like. I have receipts.
2: No, but they're for it's for TRR spawn con because sure. they're still married.
0: This motherfucker did a trick in the reunion where he said, "I have receipts." Go look at my Instagram, and then the receipts that he had had nothing to do with what they were talking about. It was a thing about his mom. Go,
2: he said, "Go look at my Instagram on there." Oh my god, you wanted to be an influencer? Go look at my Instagram hashtag at Zach Attack.
0: Exactly. So, at any rate, that was my scream. Uh, It was just one of those moments where I was like, how is one of my best friends believing this shit? It was crazy. Uh, Let's move on. We have one more scream that we have to get to. As many of you may know, we play Screams from the Pit right here from listeners. If you want to submit your scream to the Pit to potentially be played right here on this weekend, Bachelor Nation, maybe this week in The Nation, we don't know yet, All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash gamer roses. You get access to our discord in the discord. There is a channel where you can upload your one minute or shorter audio clip of your scream. We play the best ones here. We analyze them today. We have one from someone named amazing Kaylee. We're going to play it now and then we're going to discuss. Here we go.
1: Hi, I'm Kaylee and this is my scream from the pit. As you might have seen, The Hunger Games has been trending on TikTok, so I decided to watch the movies for the first time, and I was struck by the similarities between The Hunger Games and The Bachelor. The first thing that made me think of The Bachelor was the bloodbath at the cornucopia, where they lose about a third of the players right at the start. Second, the scenes of the game makers immediately made me think of Bachelor production. They have subtle ways of giving certain players advantages or disadvantages that are not widely perceived by the players or the audience. Third, each of the players has the agency to make their own alliances and has their own playstyle. But smart players know that there are four audiences, the first being replaced by killing and the others being the same. Most people think the first audience game is the only one that really matters, but the other audiences are just as important. The fourth key element is that there is no democratic function in either The Hunger Games or The Bachelor. The first and third audiences are ultimately the ones who decide the victor. Not to mention that bringing back past victors to compete in the quarter quell is basically the same as Bachelor in Paradise.
0: Absolutely love this. This is a PhD level thesis comparison between Hunger Games and Bachelor. And of course, uh, it's accurate. Uh, There is even, I believe, I could be wrong on this, but I have a memory of this. This could be Mandela effect. I don't know. But I have a memory of potentially an interview that Stanley Tucci gave where he said that he crafted the performance of that host of the Hunger Games reality show after Chris Harrison.
2: I have that same possible memory.
0: Is it real, though? I don't know. Is that my scream? I'm now just making know. up shit to corroborate bizarre <laughs> fantasies of mine about Stanley Tucci impersonating Chris Harrison.
2: No, I swear I read that that character was based on DLH.
0: Yeah, I think so, too, but I don't know.
2: But there's so much in it that is Hunger games I like the, the part that is the most Hunger Games for me is that is the there's a part in the Hunger Games where they're like, oh, you're not out of the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games is forever. We own you forever. Yeah. And it's like the contracts are kind of like that. And also like if you want to stay in this, if you want your money and go on Bachelor in Paradise, you have to play nice and you can't do mm-hmm. this, this, and the other. And also like the ultimate game, social media. You have to keep your audience happy. You have to like keep feeding the fans in order to keep doing this as as a job.
0: Yes. I agree. All these are similarities. And I would also say to everyone out there, look into something called Battle Royale. That was the uh, original version of Hunger Games that Hunger Games ripped off to become Hunger Games. That was about a... I believe it takes place in Japan. And it's also about a reality show where they randomly select one junior high every year. And they say, guess what? You guys are competing in Battle Royale. And then they take that class and throw them out in the middle of the forest with various weapons and it's shit. It's all girls, right? And it's, uh, no. It's hmm. just like a junior high class. Um, or maybe it's a high school class. I forget. At any rate, thank you so much, Amazing Kaylee, for the scream, for this very astute comparison between Hunger Games and Bachelor. The only difference really being Hunger Games uh, has murder in it and Bachelor doesn't. That's really the only difference if we're breaking it down. Um, But again, if anybody else wants to submit their screen, you just go to patreon.com slash roses, get on that Discord, fire up your uh, audio notes app, and send us a one minute or under audio file, and we play them here. But thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week in Bachelor Nation. We hope you have a great weekend, and we'll be back next week with some more stuff. We are still kind of up in the air about what Tuesday's episode might be, depending on if some things happen behind the scenes or not. We'll see. Um, but we will Ooh, see you next week. It's mystery. It is kind of a mystery, even to us. But uh, we'll see you next week regardless. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at?
2: It has been 7,697 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer.
0: Please rate
2: this podcast.
0: Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast